Welcome to You Might Hate This Book, where each episode one of us will recommend a book to the other. A book that we love that we suspect our co-host might hate. Well, hate is a strong word. How about falls outside of their traditional scope of interest. Fine, that's fair. A book they would never have chosen to read otherwise. We'll read the assigned book, then come back together to discuss. Did you love it? Or did you hate it? So you agree we might hate it. (sighs) Yeah, you might hate it. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Hannah. And you might hate this book. So I do have a question for you. You really do? Oh. I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if I'd questioned you on previous topic episodes. I don't but, think so. Um, but I had a question that I was like, I would like to know the answer and okay. you'll see the connection when cool. I begin talking. If you had to be friends with a sitcom group of friends, which sitcom group would you pick? So like... How I Met Your Mother, The Not Office Team, um, Friends. Oh, wow. With the characters, not the actors. The characters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because a lot of the ones I like to watch, I don't think I'd actually want to be friends right. with. Right. I don't like you as a person. I like you as a character. I know. Maybe Dairy Girls, although they're so ridiculous. <laughs> you would so easily get annoyed with them in real life. I know, but as a kid, I mean, I'd get annoyed with them now, but... Yeah, if you were in high school. Like, like I would have them. to have been the same age as yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, that's the show I've watched most recently. Yeah, like, I got this idea because people post things like, if the characters from the last show you watched had to, like, save your life, who would be... Oh, like, man. Whatever. Um, but I was like, if you had to be friends with a sitcom group, like, if you were either part of... No, they're all, all... Now I'm realizing all the sitcoms I watch, they're horrible. Like, The yeah. Office... Gilmore Girls, as much yeah. as I love those girls, I don't want to be friends with them. Um, <laughs> I mean, I might be friends with, no, even Paris Geller, I can't. That would be stressful. <laughs> that would be so intense. Yeah, it would. So I guess, yeah, I guess Dairy Girls. Okay. Uh, I think you would have fun other than the war going on. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I would be Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I'd be like, guys, we can't do this. <laughs> you totally would. Uh, Yeah. That's I feel fun. like I'm a... I'm a combination of Claire and Michelle. Yeah. Not Claire and Michelle. Not Claire and Michelle. Not Orla. Oh, my goodness. The wee lesbian. No, Claire, Claire is the wee lesbian. <laughs> Orla's sister. The main character. What is her name? Uh, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you her real name. It's uh, Saoirse, Saoirse it? Monica Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> who is who is she? Erin. Erin. Irish The name. most Irish name, Erin. <laughs> In real life, I would be a combination between Claire and Aaron, because I wouldn't want to break the rules, but I also fancied myself more literary than perhaps I really was. Oh my goodness, Aaron in her, like, the, yes. the opening scenes and she's writing. Yes. So you would be a combination of the way too serious writer and the lesbian. That makes yep. sense mm-hmm. to me. Yep. As a Tegan and Sarah fan. Yeah. <laughs> that, yes. All of that checks out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So anyway, what's your answer? Um, I think I'm just going to go solid friends. Oh, okay. I, they I, all annoy me, though. Except maybe But Phoebe. they all have... They all do have really good redeeming qualities. 
Uh, not Ross. I don't think I could be friends with Ross. I love Ross. Do you? We have never talked about this. <laughs> I like Ross. Oh no. Friendship <laughs> <laughs> broke. No. I'm just kidding. We can talk about books that we don't like, but we cannot talk about characters that we no, don't like. No, we're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> Well, I bring that up because today's episode, we're going to talk about the books we're currently reading. Yep. And yesterday I started listening to Matthew Perry's um, memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And obviously it talks a lot about the show Friends because Matthew Perry was Chandler on Friends. But the Big Terrible Thing's his drug problem. Drug addiction. Okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Yeah, it's primarily a memoir about his battle with addiction. Oh, okay. Which is... I mean, I became aware of the fact that he had a drug problem, like, several years ago. Yes. But, like, when I was super into Friends, I wasn't aware of his drug problem. I mean, I was young. I See, I didn't watch Friends till like, after college. I watched it in high school when it, the, like, 10th, I was in high it school. It was still running. When, like, the ninth and 10th season, the final yes. seasons were but, like, I bought the DVD sets back right. when one had to buy DVD sets. Right. So I was watching the first seasons. I was way, I was four years old, I think, when it started airing or yeah. something. Um, but, yeah, I got really, really into Friends in high school. And I obsessively, like, I didn't have cable. So the DVD box sets of Friends, that's what I just put on all the time. Right. This was I be- did that with Gilmore Girls. Yeah, this I was had before DVDs. streaming, and I didn't have cable. I had, like, 13 channels at my house, and five of them were in Spanish because I grew up in Texas. Um, yeah. So that's what I just watched religiously. That's fair. Um, and, Car- and Chandler was always my favorite character. Uh, that's nice. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can that, get on board. That makes sense, right? Yep. For me, mm-hmm. for Chandler to have been my I favorite I love Chandler. Character. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just been really interesting learning how far back his drug problem goes. Yes. And just, like, that I was ingesting this media that was just a fun time for me. Right. For me, it was just my favorite show, and Chandler's so funny. And meanwhile, this person is going through, like, dark stuff. Yes. And he's just, like the super funny guy on a super funny show. Mm-hmm. So it's been very eye-opening to be like, oh, in season whatever, when you were, like, abnormally skinny. I, I have read about his, his weight fluctuations, which you can see in the yeah, show. Yeah, you can see them very clearly in the show. And I always, like, registered that, but, like, I didn't, you know, note it. Right. You didn't think drugs must be involved. It's gotta be the drugs. Yeah. Um, I like a celebrity memoir, though. Me too. And I... Um, I like the phrase, this has been true of almost everybody in my life, to know them is to love them. Mm. The more I get to know someone through a documentary or a memoir, even if I'm not a fan of their work, mm-hmm. I always end up loving them as a person. Like, I watched the Katy Perry documentary oh, many, really? many years ago. I don't necessarily like Katy Perry's music. I mean, I, you know, right in high school, I listened to the radio, so I know it. <laughs> but, sure. Like, but I don't, you know buy her albums or anything, but getting to know this person, I was like, I can care about you, at least mm-hmm. in this moment in your life that was documented, I have empathy for this and yeah. whatever. And so, I mean, Matthew Perry hasn't really been in anything other than Friends that I would really watch. Right. Um, and that ended a while back. Yep. But to know him is to love him. That's and cool. I'm getting to know him. And so I'm about halfway through the audiobook, which he narrates, and I love when... They narrate their own books. Yes, uh, yes. Some of my favorites. Um, do you have other favorite celebrity memoirs? 
I really loved I'm Glad My Mom Died. I've heard <laughs> by that's a good Jeanette one. McCurdy, whose work I had never watched. So we yeah, we're too old for iCarly. Yeah, like I've literally never, you know, liked her as a celebrity mm-hmm. because I've never ingested any of the, you know, right. media that she's created. Um, but that book was so good. And I was on a night train to Chicago while reading the hard copy of Bossy Pants by oh. Tina Fey and guffawed out loud while everyone was trying to sleep. And, like, it was so funny I couldn't stop. And I, like, got yeah. so tickled. And then you're like, stop it. Everyone's trying to sleep. <laughs> Did you ever watch 30 Rock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was Alec Baldwin's line about, like, you might be straight, but those shoes are definitely by Curious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, what a great line. <laughs> See, I think for me, one of my favorites is Yes, Please. Yeah, by that Poehler. one's great, too. That's I listened to the one. audiobook of that one. I did, too. And I have such a huge crush on Seth Meyers. Always have, always Aww. will. And he narrates he his does. own chapter in that book. Yes, he... I didn't know that about you. He's, yeah. He's cute. Oh, my goodness. Do you know that? This is so off topic, but I think you'll still care. You have the... Um, five years journal that has like daily prompts oh yes yeah so i got this journal and hannah ended up getting it later too Mm -hmm. of it's for five years and for every day of the calendar year it just gives you like a one sentence prompt like what was your favorite song to listen to today yeah very simple answers so that if you're not like a diary person you can still look back and have five years worth of answers whatever there's a question about like if you could interview a celebrity who would it be and I did not realize this, but I had filled out this book for four years in a row. (laughs) For four years. And on the fourth year, I always, like, covered up my answers from the year before. Oh, that's good. That's smart. Um, And on the fourth year, I accidentally caught whatever. And I realized that for four years in a row, I'd said, actually, I would want to be being interviewed by Seth Meyers because I love him so much and he's so cute. (laughs) So four years in a row, I answered that. I was like... Wow, you really do have a crush on Seth Meyers. And I was like, I don't think anyone knows this about me, but I definitely know it about myself now. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's cute. I also like um, Rain Wilson's autobiography or memoir. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. He also reads that. I haven't read that one. That's one of my other favorites. But I've heard the Rob Lowe memoir is very good. Oh, yeah. I have also heard that Matthew McConaughey's is really good. Oh, really? And um, Brandi Carlisle. I do love oh, her. Um, my sister, Rachel, read hers and did very much like it. Maybe we just need to have a celebrity mm-hmm. memoir podcast. Yeah, for sure. She talks, <laughs> Brandi Carlisle talks about the Secret Sisters in hers. The, oh, I love the Secret Sisters. Yeah, the singing group that's from near here. Anyway, okay, so. <laughs> that was the first book that I'm currently the, reading. Yeah, this is our currently reading bonus episode, so. Celebrity memoir. Which one was it? Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Friends, lovers, and the big terrible thing. Okay. Well, I'm reading a lot of books currently for a lot of different reasons. Um, But I'll start with one that my sister recommended to me. Um, She was giving me a bunch of recommendations for the podcast. Like, I think you'll like this one and Stephanie will hate it. And I think Stephanie will like this one and you will hate (laughs) it. But this one, she was like, I think you'll both like. It's called Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett. Oh, I remember her bringing that one up. Um... And I won't go into a lot of the... I'm only like 50% of the way through it. But one of the really cool things about it is it's narrated. It's set in this small New Hampshire town. And it centers on this girl who had gone away to California to college. And she's coming home. And her dad's got something like dementia type problem. And so she's having to deal with that. But she's returning to this town, this small town in New Hampshire. And the whole book is narrated by the ghosts. 
of this town what? that live in the cemetery. Like that's cool. Yeah, and you don't, it's not always apparent. Like it kind yeah. of, but every once in a while, one of these dead people in the cemetery will interject their thoughts into the narrative of the story, and whenever that happens. The author puts in parentheses after their name their birth and death date, like on their tombstone. <laughs> so it's like Jesse Peters, born, you know, 1989, yeah. died 2015. It's like, oh. That's so. What a weird way to do it. And I just want to, like, talk to the author and be like, why this choice? Yeah. And that her dad, the main character's dad, keeps seeing this ghost of this naturalist that lived there mm. in, like, the 1920s and 30s. And he just wanders the town because he was cremated. And his ashes were spread. So he doesn't hang out in the cemetery with he the just other wanders. ghosts. <laughs> right. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I it's like... an interesting narrative device, which I like. So yeah. I'm enjoying that book. Cool. Yeah. Um, so a book that I'm physically reading is The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. It is a honker of a book. It is big. A honker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, say I that got... title again. <laughs> The Heart's Invisible Furies. Okay, that's a, that's a cool title. It is. Um, it's a big book. I got real Texan. It was like, <laughs> like, how big is it? Uh, I don't know. Like 800 pages? Um, I think it's more like 600. Okay, that's, that's substantial. Yeah. Like, the title doesn't tell you anything that it's about. I'd never heard of the author. The cover is, like, literally just the words of, like, the title. And so I'd seen this book and everyone was talking about it. But there was nothing to entice me to read yeah. it necessarily. But then I found a copy on sale at McKay's, and I knew that this book had won, like, all sorts of awards in 2017 when it came out. People oh. really like it. But again, I was like, you're not selling me with the cover. You're not selling me with the author. You're not, like, mm-hmm. I can't tell what it's about based on the title. Um, so I'd only picked it up because I found a really good price on it. It is really good. Okay. I'm 60% through, and it's completely character driven it's just I about like a young man growing up in Ireland in like 70s 80s 90s um and he's gay and uh-huh. the different things Ireland's quite strict on their yeah or at least was at the time on their moral impositions on the law um and so it's just talking about like his life, his wow. relationships. Um, there are obviously some plot things that happen, but like it's mostly just talking about him. Hmm. And it's a little like like Les Mis in that a good chunk of the beginning of the book talks about a character who's not him, and uh. you're thinking this is the main character of the book. Like this is who this book is about. And then nope. it's like, nope, that's just his mom. But he influences. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he is born out of wedlock to this unmarried woman who then gives him up for adoption. And Mm. he's narrating the book and telling his life story and begins with his mother and the story of how he was born. And it's very clear that his mother told him this story. So we know at the beginning of the book that at some point this person who was put up for adoption has a conversation with his birth mother. Oh, wow. And then we get into a 600-page narrative. And I am interested. And go all the way back to the beginning, and several times already he encounters his mom. Like he's in the <gasps> same room with his oh. mom, or they pass, or they have a brief conversation, or she patches him up after he gets into a fight. And you know, at some point they figure out who the other one is and they talk, but they just keep like passing, just passing. Just Do passing. you feel like she knows it's him though? It's like clear. maybe she's trying to keep tabs on him. 
it seems that neither one of them know. Really? Like, oh, that's interesting. She says things like, you remind me of someone and blah, blah, oh. blah. Like, she doesn't Perhaps seem... your own gene. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool because I'm very interested to find out how he eventually hears this story of, you know, how he came to be. And I really want to know which encounter is finally the encounter where, you know, nice. he finds out who his mom is. And all of the character-driven stuff is just very interesting. I'm really That's enjoying cool. this character. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, another book that I am also currently reading is a book of short stories. Ooh. By one of my favorite authors. <laughs> Mirakami? That's right. It's his collection of short stories called First Person Singular. Um, he has a lot Which of short stories. a fun story. title. Well, that's how he got... I don't know if it's how he got famous, but that was what he was known for at the beginning of his writing careers. All of his books were from a first-person narrative perspective. Yeah. Um, I had you read Kafka, which was the first time he really branched out to have two narrators. So mm -hmm. it was dual POVs. But yeah, I'm enjoying it because every once in a while, I should read more books of short stories. I don't know why I don't. Because it's so lovely. You can pick it up and read a chapter, but it's like, that is yeah. self-contained. That yeah. is its own thing. And so it's nice when I feel in the mood for something. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I'll do this. And they all have the same kind of cadence as all of his writing. It's very calming and, you know, very crisp. And so I was like, oh, this is nice. But instead of uh, 1Q84, which is, which is 800 pages, you just get like a little bit. Yeah. So I've been enjoying that. And they're all first person. And I've read a lot about him as a person. And people have even written about the this particular collection of short stories like, where is the author and where is the character? Where yeah. are the lines? You don't know because he'll reference some things that are, I think, true about him from other things I've read. But then it's like, but is the rest of this story true? Like, yeah. I don't know. And so that's fun. Yeah. It's almost like a mystery, but it's not really. <laughs> um, so I've been enjoying that. Yeah. You, you probably would not, but I'm halfway through that. Well, that I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the podcast that I went to a Taylor Swift concert Connect. and came home with five... Wait, which Taylor Swift concert's happening right So, now? the Taylor Swift <laughs> concert that happened in Nashville, <laughs> I was there, Hannah. Right. I right. haven't mentioned it I ever. I think somebody somewhere called it the tour of our generation. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it until people tell me I'm not allowed to anymore. No, you're fine. But I came home with five additional books... Yes. I left in the morning and came home and had five more books. And one of those books was The Anthropocene Reviewed by oh, John Green. It's on my shelf. Which is short essays. Yes. And so that reminded me of that because um, I've been wanting to read it for forever because I too. keep hearing it's so, so good. And the cover is very attractive. I do judge a book by its cover and the cover is very attractive. Oh, I do too. Um, but I was in this bookstore, a bookstore where it was very clear that everyone knew where I was going that night because I was wearing, like, rainbow sequins. I believe you told me that day you were dressed like a disco ball. <laughs> I was dressed like a disco ball, essentially. Um, but it's really funny. Like, I've never been dressed in a way where everyone who encountered me knew what I was doing that night. Right. But everyone saw me and was like, oh, cool, you got tickets to the concert. And I'm like, yeah, because this is not normally how I pick up my child from preschool. No. Anyway... <laughs> So the woman at the bookstore was like, um, I asked her where this book was because I wanted it. And she said, oh, it's great. I love that it's just these short little essays. So you just you can just read one, yes. you know, right before bed. And that's great. And, you know, we'll ship it to you if you traveled to get here for the concert, if you're from out of town. And I was just like, that's so nice of you to just like look at my skirt and be like, we can ship this book to you because you might have yeah. gone on a plane to get here. But anyway, so 
You talking about your short stories reminded me of the Anthropocene Review. Have you started it yet? I have not because I'm trying to finish the giant. See, I got it for Christmas uh, from my brother-in-law, and I would like to use some of them in my composition classes. Yeah. So I re- that's on my list for the summer. I think I want it to be the next book that I pick up. I just, I never finish books when I think I'll do... I can have one audiobook and one physical book. Mm-hmm. That's it. When I start thinking, well, I'll have a nonfiction and then also a fiction and I'll have a... Sh- I do that. Then I just never finish any of them. So I'm trying to finish The Heart's Invisible Furies. It's long. Just get to the end. That's fair. And then I want to do Anthropocene Reviewed. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, another book that I am reading, speaking of... Having a nonfiction and a fiction. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, so my summer has officially started. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I submitted my grades last Friday. Um, so every summer I try to read, like, a book that relates to my field. So I picked up a book. Um, it's called Why They Can't Write by John Warner. And I have also signed up to take a class online that he's doing about AI and mm. writing, so I'm gonna be in this headspace Why for a they while. Can't write. I'm yes, I, the subtitle I didn't write it down, but it's something about like killing the five paragraph essay, Ooh. which made me just fist pump real hard. I know you. I know you hate that five paragraph essay. <laughs> oh, I so do. Which is also what I learned. So I'm Introduction, not. Introduction: Three body paragraphs oh. and a conclusion paragraph. Each paragraph should be three to five sentences. Nope, it's not. It's really good for a standardized test. Yeah, Nothing not good for writing. Not good for critical thinking. Um, but. Yeah, so I've just started that book, but it's already, like, I, I I love when I find a book about my career that I'm like, yes, yes, as I'm reading it. Like, how writing isn't about a system. It's about choices. It's about the choices you make. And I was like, yep, I'm on board with that. Um, so if you want to read a book about writing. I love watching you nerd out about an English teacher book. It's, it's fun. Um, and then my other, like, summer self-improvement book is a parenting book cool it's called siblings without rivalry oh because i have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and so the sharing and not sharing is super fun i'm only aware of that based on maggie trying to play with your sons and the sharing not sharing when the three of them get together they will pick up a thumbtack and be like that's and I've two, wanted it for my whole life. Two whole rooms of toys. I've never loved anything as much as I love this thumbtack. They will literally fight over trash. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's by um, Faber and Maslich. They're authors that also did another book uh, I really enjoyed, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen, mm-hmm. and How to Listen So Kids Will Talk. So this is their, like, sibling edition. I'm already seeing a lot of similarities with that first book. Yeah. But it's a nice refresher anyway, and then... Um, adapting it to the sibling relationship. So it also cool. has little cartoons in it. I love a little um, cartoon. And little, like, refrigerator sheets, which, you know, a parent book that's got, like, okay, I know you just read this chapter, but let me put it to you in bullet points. <laughs> you're going to need this later. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would recommend that. Well, I neither have siblings nor am creating siblings right. for Mackie, but good for you. Yep. For, you know, looking into that. So those are my self-improvement books. Yeah. The other books that I got... I mentioned yes. Jessica, who I went yes. <laughs> to the Taylor Swift concert with. She brought a book that she liked and thought that uh, yeah. I would like. And that book was The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. It's mm. very witchy and tarot-y. And so oh, she said okay. that she thought of me when she read it. Um, and several That's people sweet. have recommended it to me. She also she texted me yesterday. That episode went live 
yesterday as of when we're recording this and she appreciated her shout out oh, so that yes shout out again jessica hey girl uh that's cool do you have more books um so those are the only ones i'm currently reading i have some others that i've recently finished or did not finish on mm. purpose if you want to hear one of those yeah um since this is you might hate this book i don't dnf books i try not to at least not on purpose i've like forgotten about them <laughs> Um, and gotten busy, but I've never, I, very rarely do I say, no, I'm closing the cover on this one. Good day, sir. Yeah. But I got 75 pages into this book and was like, nope. All right. I want to hear it. It's super sad, true love story. Oh, um, by why her. would you even pick that up? So it was recommended to me you a hate long sadness time and love. ago. It's not, it's <laughs> not what it sounds like. Okay. It's, it's weird. Um, it's by Gary Steingart. It is like a somewhat dystopian future world where people, everything, like the global economy has expanded and America's economy's kind of collapsed. And like some of the funny things that the characters will say, all these corporations have merged. So it's like my Citibank AmeriCo Disney Express card, mm. you know, all of it together. Or, I yeah. flew Southwest American Delta. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, and there is a love story in it, but like, it was just too gross. Too gross. Too gross. And I mean, I, I've read, like, romance and I've, Murakami, you know, but, like, it... Mm -mm. You mean, like, two descriptive sex scenes or, like, yep. people getting their heads chopped off? No, like, sex. And okay. not even the sex, just weird anatomy and weird relationship with this old guy and this young girl. And uh, I don't want to hear the ins and outs of that. It, yeah, and even some of the style, it's it's futuristic, but, like, some of the style of clothes, and it just it just got gross. I yeah. don't know. I was not, I was not feeling it. Okay. At all. And so I shut it and said, good day, sir. Yeah. Um, I recently read a book that I also thought was gross, but in like a serial killery way. Oh. Um, I like thrillers and right. I like mysteries, but I do not like, I mean, the thrillers I read are more like female driven. They're usually female written. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's not like women have been getting their head chopped, heads chopped off all over town and, right. you know, crime scene-y. It's a different kind of thriller from that. Um, but my goal this year, as my goal was last year that I did not succeed in, is reading all of the books on my shelf. Mm, yeah. And I'm giving myself a pass this year to, even if I have a physical copy on my shelf, I can listen to the audiobook. Oh, because sure. Because the point is just to read the book. Right. Um, so That's fair. I'm going a lot faster this year. I probably will still not succeed, especially since I came home with five more. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was reading The Chestnut Man, and I don't have the author written down because I wasn't expecting to talk about this one. But it's like, let me tell you about these crimes where people get chopped up. And I didn't need to know some of that information, and I didn't, I didn't end up liking it. Yeah. I would have DNF'd it, but I was listening to it, and I it's on my list, you know, but it was just really icky and unsettling. Yeah. And like the plot didn't, it didn't oh, serve the plot. Yeah. The plot didn't compensate for that enough for me to be like, yes, but I'll ignore it. Yeah. It was, I don't like that stuff when it's pointless. Like, yeah, I mean like sex scenes in a romance novel. I mean, that's kind of the point or like, even if it's used in a bit of a symbolic way or adding to the, but yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously it was part of the plot because it was about solving this crime, but like I I do not need, need descriptions of dismemberment of people. Yeah, it's like I didn't need descriptions of the old guy's toenails in the sex scene. When, Ew. Know. Yeah, I know. See, this is what I'm saying. What would toenails possibly have to do with the sex scene? I mean, scene? they didn't really have a lot okay, to do. It was well, just I mean, an observation. At least that's better. I thought they were going to be involved in some way, and no, that would have been way worse. No, but it's still like, yeah, why no, are that's... we... Bleh. Ugh. I don't um, want to hear about anyone's toenails. No. I don't like my toenails. We just have to have them, you know? Yeah, they're there. <laughs> they're there. They're an excuse for a pedicure. I also recently finished reading a book that I should have read a long time ago. I'm ashamed to say. Oh, I think I know what you're going to talk as about. As an English teacher, I had never read The Scarlet Letter. But now you have. Now I have. I read it um, in preparation for reading Hester. Yes. And I enjoyed it. Good. Well, uh, I assume you'll read Hester soon? Yes, very soon. I told you you didn't have to read Scarlet Letter to read I Hester. Know, but, but I felt... A need. <laughs> yeah. As an English teacher, I feel like you should just have that one in your back pocket, you uh, know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was it was fun. Um, re- you should read, like, a Victorian or an early American novel every once in a while. Because <laughs> the prose is just... Yes. Whoosh. <laughs> whoosh. The prose know. is whoosh. You're like, oh, this is lofty. Yeah. I... As long as it doesn't get too bogged down, I do love a lofty prose. Yes. It's just like, what an unnecessarily flowery way of saying that simple phrase. Yes, and I think, like, we assign these books in school so it makes them feel like chores. But honestly, I was reading it during a busy time in the semester, and it was just my for fun book. And I was like, yeah. oh, look at Hawthorne waxing poetic about, you know, the <laughs> state of religion in New England. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Sometimes those books can be really enjoyable. Yeah. You just... When it's homework, it's... Yeah, Yeah, you can make anything feel like a chore if it's homework. Yeah. Anyway. Says the teacher. (laughs) Yeah. I teach mainly writing now, so I feel like... Yeah. Read for fun. The other books that I got that day, I'll just mention them, are The Last Word by Taylor Adams. That was my Book of the Month Club pick. Oh, okay. So that's a brand new book, and I think it's a new author. I think this is maybe a debut. Um, but it's just a commercial thriller. I don't know anything about it. Except, I mean, I read the excerpt before I picked it as my Book of the Month sure. Club book, but I no longer remember that. But I'm excited for, you know, something new. Cool. Um, at the bookstore where I got the others, I picked up A History of Burning by Janica Oza. Hmm. And it's a generational story where oh, fire like has, like, played a role in... Interesting. Yeah, this family from India and fire has played a major role in like big moments of all these different generations. And then Jessica pointed out a cover of this book and I was like, Oh, that's a really beautiful cover. And then I looked at the name and it's a Brandon Sanderson book. (gasps) Oh, is it his new one? Yeah. Yeah. Tress of the Emerald Sea. And she Mm -hmm. was like, would you ever have thought this was Brandon Sanderson based on the cover? And I was like, no, that's completely, Like, this doesn't look like him at all. Yeah. And I loved the cover, and I was like, I mean, very different art style, but I know I trust this writer. Yes. So I got it, and I was like, it's okay if I buy a thousand books if one of them's a Brandon Sanderson, because I'll go home to my husband and say, but look, one (laughs) of them's a Brandon Sanderson, and it's pretty. So that is how I excused buying that last one. I've heard of this new book because it's it's a new, it's not part of his other series. Apparently it is a piece of the Cosmere, but it's not part of another series. As everything is, yeah. So those are the, now I have mentioned all five books that I came home with 
on Taylor Swift nice, Day. Nice, nice. Yeah, we have uh, lots of reading to do this summer. Yeah, uh, we'll see how much of it I actually I know, get to. Because we also keep assigning each other these books we don't like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I spend half my time reading books I don't like. Although, we're going to mix it up in June. Oh, yeah. So, this should be interesting. Yeah, I guess by the time the wider audience gets this, that will have already come to pass. Yes. But yeah, we're going to switch it up. But you, Patreon listeners. Yeah, we're going to mix it up. You get to know first. We're going to mix it up in June. So... We've been doing this long enough. I feel like we can mix it up. I think we're established. Mm -hmm. Yep. We make the rules here. We do. So thanks for joining us for this bonus episode of What We Are Currently Reading. Bye. Bye.